Coming up on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, we go back to the very first Big Shot premium cable channel. Yes, it's the dawn of HBO. Next. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hello there, listener, and welcome to another rousing episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris, this week along with Eric and Brian, we're going to go way back to the mid-late 70s, early 80s, uh, and the dawn of America's favorite premium channel, HBO, the home box office. Really no other reason than just to discuss the dawn of cable television. Uh, This is in the era before MTV. This was sort of the groundbreaker, and everybody had to have HBO. Uh, there's no two ways about that. Everybody had to have it. Uh, so it was really a, a bragging rights thing if you had HBO on your home cable package. Because it was a premium channel, so you paid a little bit extra, you got some movies without commercial interruptions, and then that paved the way for Showtime and Movie Channel and Skinamax and then Larry Sanders Show and then later Sopranos and Game of Thrones. HBO's just a juggernaut channel, and they did a lot to reinvigorate, reinvent, and, well, re-energize the cable landscape. Uh, The fact that there's still a powerhouse today is astonishing, so uh, we're going to talk about memories from uh, childhood, uh, the movies, etc, etc. It's going to be a bag of fun, and we really hope you enjoy it. If you do, send us an email to magnificentlyhuge.gmail.com. You can also reach out to us on our Twitter feed, at MagHuge. We're on Facebook, Magnificent Huge Podcast. We're even on Instagram, Magnificent Huge Podcast. You can even head over to our website, maghuge.com, M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com, and then, of course, get the show wherever you find your podcast, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, etc., etc. But yeah, that's pretty much the theme today, home box office. What was it? Where did it come from? How did it do? Uh, what did we get from it? Uh, you know, all that stuff. But really, it's just another way for us to chat weekly about a bunch of nonsense. Uh, Stick around also early in the show for the fresh shit. There's going to be tons of stuff we'll be talking about. It'll be sure to knock your socks off. Hey, enjoy the show. Thanks for stopping by. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to the show. It's Magnificently Huge Podcast. Uh, We're welcoming you to the podcast, eh? I don't know what we're doing. How's it going, guys? It's going. How are you? It's it's going good. I mean, you know. You know last, last week, uh, Chris and I were, were talking about how crap things were, and Eric was all like, yeah, well, I'm up in Portland, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. talk to us about Portland there, Eric. Well, it's, apparently yeah. they listened to the show, and they started just kidnapping us off the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's, not, there's nothing like a good old-fashioned rendition uh, yeah. by your own government. Uh, That's some good stuff. This week in fascism. Yeah, especially when, especially when the excuse for doing it is you damn dirty hippies. Yeah, really. I'm gonna send my so shock we're just troops. gonna dress up like a shitty militia and <laughs> shove people into random cars, <laughs> yeah. and no one's going to question it yeah. or yeah. think they might be getting taken to get killed. Yeah, but they, but yeah, they they were they they were graffitiing. Yeah, uh, they were graffitiing. So. Yeah. 
But yeah. By the way, Brian, that's an awesome band name. Shitty Militia. Thank you. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to add that to the list of fake bands. Good one. I like it. I like it. Right on. Well, uh, yeah, so the, this week the news is still horrible, uh, and we're still hanging on by a thread. So welcome to the show. Does anybody have anything they want to talk about other than the, the, the shit? Nah, just fresh shit. <laughs> this shit is fresh. I watched a movie that I didn't think I didn't think I would like, and I I hate I, I hate to admit it. It was kind of fun. Uh, the most recent Charlie's Angels, like on really? a on a on an almost self dare. I was like, <laughs> well, it's on it's on uh, uh, this you know this Amazon ch- uh, stars. I think yeah, it was on that, and I was like, all right, let's give it a shot. It's it's dumb. Don't get me wrong. It's dumb. Uh, oh yeah, but it's it's also for what it is. It's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, Christian yeah. Stewart. You watched a Christian Stewart movie on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people and do. She's one of the better parts of it too. Well, doesn't yeah, she, she has a personality in that movie? I say I've yeah. not seen the movie, but I've seen the trailer, and it looks like she's having some sort of fun, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've circled it on the uh, the stars as well, but uh, I've yet to pull the trigger. Uh, yeah, I was like, I'll watch this until I'm disgusted, and <laughs> I, I realized, <laughs> oh my gosh, I I am still watching this. I am still into this. Yeah. Uh, well, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Brian watched it in the theater back when we had those. I did. Uh, and I forgot what you had said about but so now we've got two of us that have seen it. how does it compare to the the mcgee drew barrymore blah blah not, blahs somehow not as mm, maybe it was because i didn't know what was coming when i saw the mcgee ones uh, mm. uh, uh yeah and this this wasn't quite as good as that some some parts of this were really silly like I don't know. I guess the part I had the biggest problem with was when they show up at a party and everyone is doing the exact same dance, like they <laughs> choreographed it. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, r- there's yeah, yeah. There's some stupid like spy tech stuff in here that doesn't make any sense. And the general uh, onboarding of our audience, uh, you know, identification character is laughable at best. And then, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's yeah, it's one inch deep. This movie. But um, I'd yeah, say the, the part the, the part that that probably was the most annoying was the amount of "you go girl" in this movie. The <laughs> do they literally you know, like, say that "you go girl"? No, but they do say that okay. uh, uh, of the famous Charlie's Angels, one of them is Ruth Gator, Bader Ginsburg. I, oh. I was like, oh, come on, come, come on, on now, come on now. Yeah, that that is one of the things that they do here is that they try and establish the the Charlie's Angels cinematic universe and try to establish that both the series from the 70s and the McGee films are part of the overall canon to this thing. They, they try yeah. to put it all together Ugh. In, Ugh. in small ways. Ugh. Well, that's like, yeah. it, it always reminds me of the later seasons of the TV show that most people don't probably remember, but when they literally got rid of all of the original angels 
And then it was like kind of like when Dukes of Hazard did Coin Vance. It was just like let's just bring in some attractive actress and just give her lines. I mean, that literally was the later seasons of it. That's what this one last seems like. One, uh, Kate Jackson was still there, and she's going, "Fuck you! I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I know <laughs> what a good paycheck this is. I'm not leaving." Yeah, I'm holding out for Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, hmm. It it was fine. It was good. It, I, I do think that it suffered from the sort of like bro culture backlash thing. Like this is just not a movie for guys. It's a movie for like young girls to to like. Hey, here's an action movie starring girls. <sighs> and I think I think that you know there's a strong contingent of people who are like, hey, where's my male gaze? I want to look at Cameron Diaz shaking her ass, you know, and not in the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I well, didn't feel that way. I, 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 I actually, I could see parts where I was like, you yeah, know, this is definitely, I don't know what you call it, her culture or something, but it, 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 it wasn't exclusionary. And All right. It wasn't exclusionary, but it wasn't male gaze, right? It was, you know, it was directed by Elizabeth Banks. Um, Isn't she Bosley? Was, She's also Bosley, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, there's a few Bosleys in this Well, thing. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's a Bosley. Okay. You're a Bosley. Out. Don't be such a Bosley. When Kristen Stewart uh, steals the guy's ID in the gym, uh, the outfit she's wearing, damn. I, I, I think someone was definitely yeah, that's fair. thinking, you know. <laughs> well, do this for me, though, because uh, I don't know when or if I will ever watch it. Uh, explain the climactic action sequence to me with no context. Uh, they beat up a bunch of guys. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's so fast and furious. The fight choreography, even, is pretty good at times. Uh, it's <clears throat> oh oh yeah. There's a lot of commentary on uh, 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 thin premises, which is like <laughs> sort of a smarter <laughs> approach to meta. Um, so so their approach to thin premises in their own movie is to comment on thin premises in movies. Yeah, kind of. And then Christian Stewart's like, "Hold my beer," and then makes the movie. <laughs> it's it's yeah. In that way, I was like, okay. A lot of it's like every movie these days has these sort of thin hole coverings of their premise. This one, at least, is like, well, I don't know. I guess you kind of have to see it to understand it. But there are these moments where you go, oh, they're very aware that this is stupid. Well, uh, uh, yeah. At how often does the the hit theme song "Don't Call Me Angel" pop up? I don't remember it once. Probably, Probably in the credits. Twice. I think it happens at the beginning and at the credits. Because yeah. it's like uh, I guess I wasn't listening for it. But. Yeah, it's like Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, and I think Ariana Grande or something. Yeah, it's a it's a superstar packed song full of beats. If I remember, I think I would have liked one scene where uh, a guy intentionally doesn't hold a door open for one of them, and they're like, "Oh, whoa, whoa wait, oh." <laughs> <laughs> uh, were there uh, any? Yeah. Okay. I may take a pass on it. It's just nothing about this thing really lures me. But it's, three stars. You can do worse. A, if it's on, watch it. 
you know, that's all. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, sure, if much. it's on. Yeah. I mean, I did you know. watch the, the end of Fast and Furious 6 tonight because it was on cables. Uh, Ooh, I gotta oh, hear about that. The ends of all those Fast and yeah. Furiouses are terrible. Well, six is that's the one with the never-ending runway. Yeah, basically, I came. Yeah, that's I, just terrible. Yeah, I came in on the last ten minutes. I, admittedly, I've never seen it. I've never really watched any but the first one, and I barely remember that. So I came in the last ten minutes, and it's literally like there's a like a Honda Speedo bar, a car tethered to the cargo plane, and. Vin Diesel's fighting somebody in the plane after the rock jumps out and the girl and then the plane explodes. I mean, it's just like none of it made sense spatially or logically. The worst part of that movie (laughs) was Um, the climax. Yeah. And actually, I I recommend you start with Fast and Furious 7. Because that's when they go down that road. Don't go down that road. They're so goofy. They're Uh. so goofy. I mean, you gotta do it. I feel like you I haven't watched it. You already told me you haven't yeah. watched it. You don't know. I feel like I would be lost. I don't know anything about this. No, you will not. You will not need to know anything. These are not made for smart audiences. <laughs> oh, it's right up my alley. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I love how we do this. Hey, what's your freshet? This thing. Oh, well, that reminds me of a totally other thing. <laughs> well, what's this show, dude? Yeah, yeah, really. Where have you been for three years? <laughs> Fuck. Editing this. Uh, uh, so okay. Tra- oh, so the other, the other, gotcha. the other piece of fresh shit because I think we've we've pretty much you know angeled that Charlie. I mean, it's you get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, the other one, and oh, I cannot recommend this strongly enough. Overlord, have you ever seen Overlord? That's the that's the zombie World War Two one, right? Oh fuck, yes, it okay. is. I know you love uh, zombie movies, so I was wondering. I love zombie movies, okay. and I love war movies, and <laughs> put them together. Yeah, I, I, I'm watching this. I'm going, okay, zombie movie. Um, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's a cheesy zombie war movie, but with a really good budget and really smart effects and. Everything is well done in this movie. It is fucking great. It I have, is just great. I haven't seen it, but it strikes me as a very Castle Wolfenstein, Duke nukem sort of vibe. Is yeah. That, is that right? Yeah, it's got a definite like air of Wolfenstein at okay. times. Okay. But it's you almost get past that. I can't... Uh, it, it's really violent. It's... Uh, it's just this is just like awesome. Iron Sky, but serious. Yeah, or... I don't know. Iron <laughs> Sky is almost like you know an yeah. art form of silly. I yeah. mean, it, Iron sorry. Sky is like what Flash Gordon tried to do. Basically, yeah, you definitely have <laughs> like 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 Nazis who are you know experimenting and just no good nicks. But yeah. I guess what I liked about it was. It really doesn't, it's not a zombie movie until like 20, 30 minutes in. It's just a World War II movie. And I, I think I knew that there were zombies in it when I watched it. Um, yeah. Like when I started, I can't remember. I think I was just like, oh, it's a war horror movie. Uh, Would but as you a- watch it, it's like, this is just a movie version of Operation Overlord which is the name of the invasion of Western Europe in 1944. Uh, and it plays like that. And then suddenly, okay. oh, 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 shit, that's so, a monster. <laughs> so what's next? Like uh, vampires in Market Garden, that sort of thing? Maybe. 
I don't okay. Know. They could do like uh, a whole series, like every every major uh, operation. They could just add some sort of horror element to that's it. That's how the, that's how Universal gets their dark universe <laughs> finally. Like, yeah, there you go. Mix it with with uh, Saving Private Ryan, you know, uh, and werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, and one one big casting note. There was one guy in it, not the main main guy. Uh, oh, that's that's also nice. Uh, uh, the main character is black. Uh, even though the rest of he's in a mixed race unit and they never address it. And I was like, yeah, if this is a B movie and everything is slightly weird, you can, you can have a main character who's black in a world war two, uh, mm-hmm. Europe invasion movie. Cause if you have anything to say about it, you know, oh, that's silly. There were, there were no color people in yeah, mixed yeah. units in World War II. You're, yeah, there were historically inaccurate in your either. in your World War II zombie movie. Yeah, I, I'm offended. Yeah, yeah. thanks for jumping yeah. on that setup. <laughs> and as always, kill Hitler. Yeah, uh, but okay. So main 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 character was was you know that actor. I can't remember his name. He's he's good. Not a problem. But what impressed me was the other guy. <laughs> I kept watching him going, God damn it, he's really good. What else has he been in? I I why 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 am I so drawn to this performance? It's it's Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. And he is doing a snake pliskin that is so perfect <laughs> that you don't know it's fucking going on. Uh, it's that's awesome. It's just oh shit. I mean there's so many moments in this movie where I'm like He's he's so awesome. How how do I not know him from from anything? <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Nice. And oh. and there's and and finally the 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 cliche of the French uh woman in the invaded town. She ends up defending herself quite well with a flamethrower. It's 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 just everything I love in a movie. Where'd Violent you women, <laughs> zombies. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nazis Where'd you find this thing? Their asses killed. Where can we watch this? I f- believe that was yeah, that was on Stars as well. Really, everything I, I should I should just <laughs> just write off Stars, stars. And my taxes yeah. as a business yeah. expense at this there you point. Go. Yeah, yeah. You made the claim that this was a business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my my stuff. Uh, Chris, what you got? Thanks for sharing. Uh, I'm wondering if this is going to overlap with Brian, but I don't know. Cause he, That's what I'm hoping for, he, is that there's some overlap. Because he threw out a bunch of stuff that I'd be like, I'm not even going to go near that. But I did <laughs> <laughs> but I did watch, uh, it's apparently the biggest boffo thing Netflix has put out yet. Uh, it's the Charlie's Throne uh, action opus, The Old Guard. I did watch it. Okay. Is that a movie or a show? It's a movie. But okay. it's a movie that's it's, desperately trying to set up a show. Yeah, it should be a show. <laughs> that would be way more interesting. But it's uh, it's a good slick actioner uh, about uh, like a four person team of immortals that basically go around saving the world uh, one yeah, person think, at a time. Think everybody's Wolverine, and they can just <laughs> get like totally killed, yeah. and then they feel the pain but of then all they, their injuries. But then they heal, and then they heal. And they get up, yeah. and they keep going, and they never die like vampires. Yeah, when I was watching it, like the first thing that popped into my head was, oh, it's like it's Highlander Action Squad. That's basically what it is. Because they just go around <laughs> getting into to scrapes, and then there's like a like a biopharma douchebag Martin Screlly type 
who's played by the the guy that was uh, Harry Potter's cousin in the Potter movies, and he's trying to grab the immortals so that they can get their DNA, so that they can quote unquote help the rest of the world by developing vaccines or whatever. Are there any movies he's taste that aren't superhero movies? Not really. That's yeah. the that's the new western. Yeah, well, this is Netflix's ability to do a superhero movie without having to do any major big budget. It's really just yeah. an action movie, right? It's yeah. it's guns and, and martial arts. And it's just that the people keep getting back up. It's a movie about video game protagonists. Basically. Okay? <laughs> Basically. They, they get killed. They get they respawn. They keep killing minions. They fight many bosses until they get yeah. to the big boss. It's a video game plot about video game yeah. characters. But they do a lot of like cutaways to their history. Like when they were immortals, but back in whatever era. Uh, and there's a pretty brutal scene with, with uh, one of the immortals gets uh, basically thrown into an Iron Maiden. And then you come to find out that she was tossed overboard and drown- and basically has been perpetually drowning for 500 years. Uh, so there's like stakes that they have to deal with, uh, but they do it tangentially. But the action is really slick. Uh, there's they a lot that of in setup. the movie. Yeah, it's this Chekhov's gun, and it it really doesn't go off. But but that whole concept of you can't kill these people, but you sure can just make them die over and <laughs> yeah, over. Yeah, you again. could really <laughs> fuck them up. Like yeah. they could have taken that so much further. Yeah, but uh, the most interesting thing that I can recommend on it is that they take a very very progressive view of LBGTQ. Uh, issues like two of the immortals are lovers and they're two guys that basically met each other during the crusades and ended up killing each other over and over and over until they eventually fell in love and now they're inseparable that's awesome uh and then there's like guy gives this great speech though about about his how he expresses his love and apparently this is adapted from a comic book and that was like the one contract thing that the author of the comic would not budge on. It's yeah. Like, if you're going to make a movie of this, this scene has to be there. Yeah. Mm. And basically they're in, they're in a van with all of the, the baddies who've captured them. And one of the baddies basically asks him, is this your boyfriend? Trying to be like a douchey dick. And the guy rolls into this soliloquy that's just like an epic fuck you this is the man of my dreams and he's my life and everything and, and then they cut away and then when you come back to the van like all of the di- the guys are dead they've just literally beat the shit out of all of them and they're like dut, dut, dut. <laughs> next so they don't even really make it like forefront but it's very much there and it's kind of refreshing and fun and and different but uh yeah. but the movie itself is uh pretty standard fare but it's very well done it's kind of. It, it, I put it a notch above Charlie's Angels. Okay, uh, I definitely put it a notch or two above Extraction. Uh, that just was your basic action trope movie. This thing was far and above that because it actually put some thought into the the character arcs and such, and it wasn't just one one one. And Charlene's Throne, very much her thing in this. She's the kickassiest chick on on the screen, and uh, I will pretty much watch her fight anybody in any film unless it's a fast and furious movie that's where i draw the line but yeah i think she's in those right yes she is is in one of them yes yeah probably number seven that brian loves so much i think it's eight it's either (laughs) christ there's eight of them oh god i I think the ninth one was the one that was supposed to come out this year (sighs) yeah and i think she's the baddie in eight okay anyway 
old guard. It's fun. Watch it. Uh, otherwise, just watch it. I don't really want to discuss it, but I watched a documentary series about Charles I of England, and uh, it pretty much is eerily similar to all the shit we're going through with Trump. It really made me sad. Uh, but the positive spin on that one is they, uh, they ousted him and cut his head off. It led to nine years of civil war in, in England, but whatever. So yeah, history. That's my thing this week. History. Oh gosh, uh, 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 one fresh shit I'm wondering if we should address is the Chris Wallace interview. Did anybody catch any of that? Oh, oh fuck my no. god! Man, I saw the highlights. Bummed. I saw the highlights. I, when, I, when your Fox News host is just <laughs> laughing in your face, there there is a part in there like I didn't hear it until like the fourth or fifth time. But they were talking about the uh, uh, mental acuity test, yeah. and Trump's like, "That's that's very hard." He's like, "Actually, it was very not hard. I took it online." He's like, "No, no, no. You you take it in the beginning. It's hard. You get down to those last five questions. They're very hard." He said, uh, "Mr. President, one of the questions was talk well, count backwards from a hundred by seven. Yep, and and <laughs> and there's just like this beat. Yeah, there's this beat. He says." 93 like yeah. he spots him one yeah and i love what he's yeah. like hoping he'll try yeah oh. well, i love what he's like yeah he's crone about it uh, about how it's such a hard test and literally Wallace is like yeah wasn't one of the questions just like what is that oh it's an elephant okay next question yeah. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is a test to, to try to determine if your patient has dementia yeah so all he's managing to say is i passed the i don't have dementia test Hooray! yeah you know but but it was more than one thing. It was like, oh, the death numbers are going down. Well, no, sir, they're going. Do you have the numbers? I don't. I don't. You know, he's Trump is like, do you have this? Do you have that? Let's pull it out. Let's. Do you have the Biden quotes? Let's. Let's get the. Let's go to the tape. Yeah. Right. And and to, I was saying to my wife, I'm like, this is what the Biden team needs to be paying attention to. Biden needs to show up to a debate with a binder <laughs> of shit. Yeah, and not a binder full of women, this, but an actual garbage. binder full of facts. Yeah. Just be like, <laughs> Well, do you want to go? Yeah. Do you do you have the records? Yeah, I do. Dummy, can you read? <laughs> oh, I just man. I just want the debate where they get out there and basically just like just arm wrestle. That's all I want to see. No. Literally. God no. <laughs> I think I think he's doing the right thing right now, which is just like a, a, a normal normal presidential campaign. You go out and you deliver your message, and you you, you right now Biden is like this guy is doing so much work for me. I just need to let him keep doing that. Yeah. Exactly. I I saw a tweet from some pundit that's like, look, we don't need a convention. We don't need a debate. Let's just vote. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously, if you're undecided right now, um, you're too dumb to be part of our election. Just <laughs> yeah, really. You're the reason we're the, in this mess. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, though, I do remember four years ago, the SNL sketch of the uh, debate between Hillary and uh, President Tomato Head. And there's there's a line where McKinnon just says, C "Can we have the election right now?" You know, like <laughs> yeah, this yeah, you know, this guy's such an asshole. I'm going to beat him handily right now, and she lost. So it's like we yeah. we are not out of this. Yeah, yeah, but there was that Comey October surprise shit, like yeah. Halloween, and then yeah. the whole I mean, gaming the we're electoral now so, college. Yeah, we're now so jaded that I'm almost scared that Trump is taking the. Uh, the virus seriously because that means so many people now can go well he's full of shit i don't need to worry about it <laughs> yeah well thanks for the extra downer 
Yeah. Yeah. That's some good stuff. What Fresh shit did you watch there. this week, Brian? I, I tried to watch <laughs> funny stuff this week. Yeah, okay. So let's let's talk about okay, so first of all uh, so let's talk about the 30 Rock a one time special. Did either of you bother with this thing? I don't even know what that is. Nope. Okay, so you know what 30 Rock is? Barely. It's the Tina Fey, <laughs> yeah. Alec Baldwin show I've, about... I've, I've seen a handful of them. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So at the end of 30 Rock, the the weird uh, NBC page guy ends up running NBC as a network. And this thing was shot during the pandemic. So it's an interesting exercise in how to make something that looks professional when you when you can't get your actors on in the same room right yeah so it's actually very well produced from that perspective like good job figuring that out guys but and it starts off pretty funny like a typical 30 rock episode but then what you realize is so one of the things 30 rock did a lot of was um you know they were part of the whole we're gonna sell to advertisers content in the show Right. And they they were they were pretty, you know, breaking the fourth wall, winky, winky about it. Um, Well, this entire thing is just an ad for Peacock. The new NBC (laughs) streaming. Uh, Is anybody anybody just calling it the cock now? Because they really should be. Hey, you... I, I think you've started a movement. So, yes, this is all about the cock. You checked that out on the cock last night? Yeah. After they talk about all the new things they're adding to it, they can say, the cock, it's growing. <laughs> oh, well, so it's, it's so... <laughs> God. Really, it took you that long? Uh... I was trying to talk, and I realized what you were saying, and I, I, my brain seized up, and that was it for me. So That's the cock um, for you. The, the best part of it is, that, like I said, the NBC page, this guy, his character is named Kenneth. Uh, he, he did all of his scenes. He he also dresses up in drag and is his own female assistant and interacts with himself and they edited it, you know, so that, that he's doing all of the scenes with himself. Um but you know, he he is it ultimately it's about how he is launching the cock and you know, hey, here's the stuff we're gonna have and then they'd have like one fake promo and then real promos <laughs> for things on the cock. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't watch it. It's it's really shameless. It, okay. It's depressing. <laughs> Thanks for uh, bringing it up then. But just mostly yeah. so we could talk about the cock. Because I love talking about the cock, you know? Okay. So other funny stuff. So There's a lot of new movies out. There's actual new movies on streaming services, and I'm trying to watch things that are good. And so, <laughs> Which, all you, right. How's that going for you? Uh, I mean, it's getting better. I don't know. I was enjoying watching weird stuff like Dave Made a Maze and, and you know, things like that. But I uh, watched Eurovision, the fire saga, whatever, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Ding dong. My love for you is growing wide and long. Yeah, I tried. I tried to watch it, that. Uh, it looks literally like every other Will Ferrell comedy. It it's, is. It's it like that's just he, like that. He just takes it's that template the, and then it's boom. The costuming from that ice skating movie with yeah. long hair. It literally. I saw the no, commercial. We've already had a laugh at, at you with long hair. Yeah. I, I saw the commercial for the trailer for it and I went, oh, that's just Blades of Glory, but they're just pop singers. 
Yeah, it is. Okay. And it's Will Ferrell. Rachel McAdams is is the the girl, and she's great. And she's doing a Bjork voice the whole time because they're from Iceland. The, <laughs> how's, the Dan, part, how's Dan Stevens? The best part, I don't know who Dan Stevens is. Uh, he eh. He's the uh, the other pop star guy. Oh, like, is he the guy with the big hair who's the Russian the f- sexy the four, guy? I don't know. I saw the trailer. Yeah, he's anyway. fine. Okay. He's, he's, he's fun. The, the best part is when they do... Um, they shot this in Tel Aviv, a lot of stuff, during Eurovision last year. And so they've got a lot of actual Eurovision acts as, you know, bit players or, you know, other musicians in the, in the show. So they, at one point they do like this big medley of songs where everyone just breaks out into songs for no reason and it's running through this big house party. a silly movie it's a will ferrell movie he's a selfish doofus you know how it goes yeah i've seen the, that movie the, yeah. my, my other favorite observation is that there there's a uh, a set of four american tourists that they just shit all over and all of them are wearing arizona state university uh, <laughs> <laughs> go devils so, so that's your ugly americans yeah um and then the other attempt at watching a funny new movie, I watched Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. Boo. I wish I could get on board, but Andy Samberg just bothers me for some reason. Well, okay, so first of all, the title card on it, instead of Sony Pictures Classics, it says Lonely Island Classics, which I don't know. I got to chuckle with that. But um, so does, it. Does Jorma Tacone uh, direct it? I actually don't know who directed it. Okay. Uh, didn't didn't write that down. But no uh, worries. Here's here's the thing. Imagine Groundhog Day. It is a Groundhog Day riff. Um, imagine Groundhog Day if Bill Murray, instead of trying to figure out his shit, just gave up and went full nihilist, and then was there for like a really long time this is where our movie starts (laughs) so they pick up an act two of groundhog day basically yeah so andy samberg is just like does not give a fuck about anything because nothing matters there are no consequences and uh and there's a there's a mechanism by which people get sucked into the time loop so like there's another character um Oh, who was the actor that plays him? Damn, it was a recognizable actor, and I've completely forgotten who it was. Uh, but there's another character who's just hunting him because this 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 character had uh, been lured into the loop by Andy Samberg at one point, and now he has nothing better to do than to just hunt Andy Samberg down and keep killing him because he's <laughs> stuck in a time loop. Is it J.K. Simmons? Is it Peter Gallagher? Yes, it is J.K. Simmons. Okay. I'm reading the list <laughs> off of IMDb just so I could help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And and so, you know, they do the stuff like in Groundhog Day where they deliberately kill themselves and they just dick with people. Um, it's a good it's fun. I laughed. I had a good time with it. Uh but yeah, Andy Samberg, if he's playing, you know, a self centered jerko, yeah. 
you know, he can do that credibly. Uh, yeah. He's I doing just, he's mm. doing basically a Sandler movie. Yeah. That's my boy. Uh, Tra- he's better Ho- than Sandler. Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. Is he? I mean, is he better uh, than yes, Sandler? He, yes. Yes. He is. <laughs> Who isn't, really? <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Palm Springs. I'd say, you know, it's a good way to kill a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't kill okay. yourself. Right? Or kill yourself. It's just a time loop. <laughs> yeah, it's it up won't to you. Work. Okay. Life is meaningless. I f- Fuck it. I feel like I'm in a time loop right now. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that's the fresh shit. Well, welcome to the show, everybody that made it this far. <laughs> hey, that was some that was some fresh shit. We, it was we had so lots fresh. Of current stuff. It was steamy. It was so fresh. Now, yeah. Now let's go totally the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> Things nobody relates to. Uh yeah. Well, no, people will relate to this. Okay, so to preface this, we did a show a long time ago, like a year or so, about MTV, uh, which was one of our better shows and uh better reviewed shows. Uh and then it got me to thinking, well, that's basic cable. Let's, let's shoot over to the premium stuff. Let's talk about HBO, if we will. Shall we? Okay. Uh, <laughs> just because the it's... The hobo. Yeah, the hobo. Because yes. it's, uh, it's a very vivid part of my childhood. It also harkens back to the dawn of cable television. Because that was still the 70s when it was the big three and some public access and some UHF. But you didn't really have a lot of cable. And then they sort of weaseled their way in to bring unedited content that you could pay for. And then they did a whole bunch of revolutionary stuff that just brought everything to the forefront for broadcasting and then sort of spurred the next millennium. Uh, By that, Chris means he, they played Highlander on a loop 24-7 for <laughs> yeah. like five years. Uh, well, let me, here's their accomplishments. Okay, so they, uh, they were the first network to broadcast by satellite, and then everybody jumped on board after that. Uh, they did sports programming, which sort of led into ESPN. They did a bunch of comedy specials, which led into Comedy Central, etc. They did, uh, t- like event movies that were specific to HBO, which sort of spurred other networks to do the sort of same thing, but it was stuff that wasn't probably network friendly. So that was sort of their out. And then they started programs in the nineties, like Larry Sanders, which led to sex in the city, which led to Sopranos and then the whole nine yards. They've literally changed the shape of not only cable broadcasting, but just broadcasting in general. Uh, so they did a lot yeah, of groundbreaking stuff. We have peak TV without HBO. Exactly. That much is true. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but really what got me thinking about this was I randomly just came across, it's like a YouTube clip for something, but it was, I, somebody recorded it off of HBO back in the day, like the early eighties. And it was the, the HBO logo in space bumper where you oh, get, sure. where you get the music and the whole thing, I mean, it's like, a, like if the whole thing is like five minutes long and it starts yeah. with the p- family in their apartment and then the camera comes out and it's all model work city stuff and it goes through streets and roads and valleys and wilderness and then shoots up into space and then here comes this giant chrome logo. Flying logos before yeah. computer graphics yeah. logos. Apparently there's a whole thing, documentary on how they made it. I haven't seen it, but you know, whatever. 
but that song is just lodged in my cerebellum and it will never go away because it was in front of every movie that they showed ever uh, <laughs> and so it just got me to thinking uh, HBO was pretty much prestige TV when we were kids like if you had HBO you were king of cock mountain you know what I'm saying uh, not king of cock mountain <laughs> you had Eric right I, yeah, I had Eric and I had my next door neighbor. Yeah. Hey, wait, wait. He had hey, he had nothing to do with my cock. Okay. <laughs> let's 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 start there. Okay. <laughs> let's just be very clear about this. Yeah. Uh, so when okay, so Brian was just sort of had to scrap around and find somebody. Like, did you did they you use pro- them for their cock? Yeah. <laughs> did yeah, you no, did you well, pro- that, that's did, now that's with NBC and and yeah. if you share your share your password for yeah. the NBC streaming service you're you're sharing your cock. With yeah, them. don't share your cock. So um, so did you have any idea of when stuff was coming on and sort of like figure out when you could call oh, your friends? No, no, okay. no, no. So so for me the experience was, you know, we had we had a black and white portable television in the kitchen. Oh good lord. You know. <laughs> And, and like the, the way cable showed up or the cable channel showed up, there was a time everybody when television stations did not broadcast 24 hours a day No, and they would, you know, shut down and the local UHF station channel 15, um, would shut down and an enterprising company called on TV, uh, was broadcasting movies hbo style on that same frequency but they were scrambled so you had to buy the on tv box what year and was that this? was like a big deal this is like i don't know 83 ish really maybe they okay. were they yeah they were well they were a little early, 82 and then by 85 they were they were off the air because that's insane because uh, in my reading uh hbo didn't actually start scrambling their signal until like 86 well, yeah, but this was over the broadcast air. Okay. So this was just okay. scrambled signal, gotcha. and you could you could kind of watch it wiggle all over the screen, <laughs> looking for the occasional nipple, maybe. Yeah. You and know. there's that noise ruining yeah. my orgasm. That sound is more important than your entire life, and it will stop you from having an orgasm on the Playboy channel. But, you know, my neighbor's dad worked for Motorola, and Eric's dad worked for Motorola, and those guys had enough money for cable. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't, like, looking at the listings, like, hey, can I come over and watch such? No, it was just like, you know, if I was hanging out at somebody's house, or I had a sleepover at my neighbor's or whatever, okay. I was so like, it's just random. what's on? And, and what's on was always the same four yeah. things. But yeah. there they were. Well, that's, on. that's what I like about HBO even today, is that they still show the same movies, like, four times a day. So if you miss it in the morning, no biggie. It'll be on again in like four hours, right? Yeah, I've been streaming so long, I can't even conceive of being tied to you know a network's schedule. Even, yeah, it's even weird. If it is on all the time. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for it. But think about how groundbreaking the whole idea of HBO was at the time. And I'm talking like late seventies. Uh, yeah, there was swear words and boobies. Yeah, on TV. And- Holy shit. I mean, it was like, what? And then, uh, like, Skinamax didn't show up until, like, 82, something like that. And that was sort of the HBO version of where they could show Grindhouse flicks and other stuff. And then that sort of devolved into, like, softcore porn, which got its name for Skinamax. Uh, But it was like HBO or nothing. And then Showtime was 
the I think Viacom run, and that was their competitor, but it was nowhere near the name recognition. The movie channel was always my pick. That was my favorite. Yeah. Well, they all showed the same movies. Because there was so little fluff. It was, they're just showing cool stuff on the movie channel. Movie after movie. Yeah. Which started my addiction. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We had HBO when I was little, like elementary school. So like 78, 79. uh, And then we didn't have it for a long time. And then I would catch it when I would go visit my grandparents. So that's like 84, 85. Uh, But I never really had it beyond that. But my fondest memories are when we had it in like late 70s. It's like 79, I think, is a watershed year. HBO was still only showing like 9 to 11 hours of programming a day. You got in early on this. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why I'm so fucking weird uh, with my movies. (laughs) There were, here are the three movies that I came up with. These are the ones that just burned an indelible memory into my brain because I watched them every single time they came on during the year 1979. Uh, God. The Wiz which is the Sidney oh, Lumet-directed version of the musical Wizard of Oz with Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Yeah. Uh, I, could, I could recite Ease On Down the Road like nobody's business when I was seven. Uh, I don't remember it much now. I just remember it being a really dark, fucked-up movie. Uh, and then Hooper, the Burt Reynolds classic where he played the stuntman. Uh, I'm like seven years old watching this. That's not an appropriate movie for a seven-year-old old. At all, I will tell you this Ever. right now, but <laughs> but it sure is damn fun. But I didn't even register when they were drinking all the booze and popping all the pills and all that subtext. Uh, but the one that gets me is that California Sweet, the Neil Simon scripted movie, which is just star-studded to within an inch of its life, and it's just like vignettes. Uh, it's like Alan Alda, Jane Fonda, Walter Matthau, uh, Elaine May, Richard Pryor, Bill Cosby. Uh, and and it's all that, and all that, that horrible Neil Simon talk. Yeah. I think uh, that's something no child should be subjected to. That's like watching your parents have a divorce. Yeah. And I watched it all the time. (laughs) I can't, I honestly don't know why, but I just, I was transfixed by it and it's not a good movie. Uh, and it literally starts with Alan Alda and Jane Fonda having a, like a custody fight, uh, as a strange divorcees over their like 17 year old daughter. And it just drones on and on and on and on and on. And then there's the bit with uh, Cosby and Pryor where they play sort of rivals on vacation. uh, And Bill Cosby winds up getting all of the good sweet deals. uh, And Richard Pryor gets stuck in like a a closet at the end with his wife because everything got fucked up on the reservation. So Richard Pryor just loses his mind. And then the other one's Walter Matthau. His brother hires a hooker who's passed out in his bed when his wife is showing up and then there's like shenanigans. I'm like seven years old watching. These are like the movies that I watched all the time. I would literally flip through the HBO guide and go, okay, it's on in four hours. I'm going to watch it. That's what I would watch. <laughs> and so that's, that's a very good part of, of my memory. But then staying with my grandparents a couple years later, like 83, 84 ish around there, the, like a lot of firsts for me. It's the first time I saw animal house was on HBO the first time I saw Uncommon Valor, Flash Gordon, etc., etc., etc. So I thank HBO very much for sort of spurning my interest in movies, like my obsession. Uh, and that's what it sounds like Eric might have gone through. Yeah. Yeah, but again, not 
just a different channel, but still cable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think in 1981. Yeah, in 1981, I saw the Blues Brothers over a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an appropriate movie for a ten-year-old. I tell you. Thanks what. to the cable guide, I was able to trace all of the times that I had watched. Yeah. Uh, Blues Brothers, and I was like, I've really seen this hundred times, and I laughed every time. I still, I still think it's one of the best movies ever made. It is. It is. It is fun. Yeah, it's a screwball comedy. Yeah. My well, favorite. My favorite shot from the Blues Brothers is the one where Carrie Fisher is looking out the window of her car at Jake and Elwood, smoking a cigarette, tosses a cigarette nonchalantly on the ground, reaches into the passenger seat, pulls out a rocket launcher, and mm-hmm. fires it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love the, uh, I remained celibate for you. That, that whole thing in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Yeah. This bitch is crazy. Yeah. There's just so many <laughs> yeah. like little things in the movie that like somebody would make the mistake of making it the entire movie. The Illinois Nazis, the uh girlfriend who wants to kill them, uh all these 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 the the, the two pissed off cops chasing them. The whole movie could have been about one of those things and it would have gone too long this is just like no we're gonna we're gonna stick with this just long enough for it to be awesome and then we're gonna drop it well i think the fact that they were all coked out in their minds during filming probably helped because you (laughs) couldn't really stay focused on one thing and they had to rope in belushi that's that's probably some future show where we examine you know how you basically get one really good blow infused movie and then it falls (laughs) apart yeah uh but uh, here's some interesting facts I learned about HBO reading this week. Uh, so it started in like 71, I think, in New York. And it was just where they had to start locally. Uh, and they did it over microwaves, which I know you think a mm-hmm. microwave oven, but no, it's totally Ooh. different. Actually, I got, uh, uh, they, that came later. But they were actually one of three companies that got awarded a contract for doing cable in Manhattan. And they got the south side of the island. And the guy who ran it actually, in in anticipation of getting the contract, laid physical cable line in the sewers. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, he was like, got to jump on it. And, nice. And in the sewers. In you know, the yeah, sewers. There's they, something to be said. Here comes cable, everybody. Yeah. Well, there was. There's an actual, I guess, you know, law in New York that you you can't just hang them on the electrical lines. You have to right. lay them down because <laughs> if there's an ice storm, yeah, they don't want an interruption of service for anything. Uh, and, but yeah, he got he got on it early, and he was also the the company very early on was owned or co-owned or invested in by Time Life Books. They, they owned it for a long time, yeah. Yeah, they would eventually, eventually, not like now, I think. No, they're not owned by Time Warner anymore. Now they're owned by AT&T, but for a long time, Time Life Books. The books! Yeah. Well, that's how they got their cash infusion and managed to stay afloat, because I don't think the, the network didn't turn a profit until like 1977. I mean, it literally was like six years at least before they were in the black because uh, they were just hemorrhaging money because they had all these costs for how to get the transmissions out. And then they moved to the satellite stuff in 75. Uh, 
So, I mean, it's just, they started with that really tight, finite subscriber base. And I think by like 83, they had 12 million subscribers. And I honestly can't even remember how much HBO cost back then. Uh, but by today's standards, it sounds like it would probably be just astronomically I stupid. I think I read something like it was 30 bucks a month in today's yeah, dollars. Which is stupid. Like, like, why would anybody pay that kind of money? But I guess it's that, that was the time where they didn't have options like VCRs and streaming yeah, and whatever. Because you wanted to be king of the cocks or whatever you said. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. But yeah, it was very poetic. Uh but my fa- my favorite this anecdote. This the most instances of the word cock on the magnificently huge podcast yeah. ever. Yeah. Mm. My favorite. I've been anecdote- trying to think of different ways to work my cock into this, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my favorite anecdote about this whole Endeavor HBO was in 1973. Uh, they actually aired like a marathon of the Pennsylvania Polka Festival, like in its entirety. And apparently subscribers fell from 14,000 people to 8,000 people after that little stunt. Mm. <laughs> and so they had to build it all over again. But then they got the thrill in Manila with uh, Frazier and Ali in 75. And that's like one of the first satellite broadcasts. Yeah. And then everything just exploded from there. It and then suddenly... sports that really built HBO up. Y- yeah. Right? Like the movies were what killed the time, but sports were what got the subscribers, I think. Well, that was they. They understood early on that they had to do unique programming, uh, or else they were just going to be dead in the water. And then when Showtime came out, and then Movie Channel, Cinemax, literally all four of those channels would just show the same block of movies. And then they started positioning for getting rights for specific exclusion exclusionary uh, mm-hmm. broadcasts. And that's when HBO got into the film production business. They went to the studios and said, hey, we'll give you some cash, but we get first dibs on broadcasting. And then there was no cap on it. And I think I read somewhere that when Ghostbusters came out, the HBO paid something like $40 million to, <laughs> for the rights to air it. And that's like 1984 or 85, which is just yeah, stupid. That's, insane. that's That's like... That's like almost a hundred million dollars in this. this that day is and age. smart, though, because you you put it in people's minds which channel you need to have. Yeah, it's it's not like I mean now people jump around more, but if you're an HBO or a Showtime family, you go with the one that has the movies. Yeah, that are huge. Sure. Well, and from a branding standpoint, HBO just killed everybody because you never drove down a highway on vacation and see the marquees at the hotels saying, we've got Showtime. No, it was always yeah. HBO. It was always HBO, HBO. in the hotels. <laughs> yeah. That was a big branding moment for them, yeah. wasn't it? So it's, uh, it's just something that everybody sort of, it's like Kleenex or Coke. You know, it's just, you don't, you don't really say anything other than HBO uh, for shorthand. Uh, but again, most of them were showing the same movies, which is really funny. So even people that had Showtime and the movie channel <laughs> probably just called it HBO, which is a win for HBO. So mm-hmm. it's always amusing to me. Uh, and if you don't so, know what we're talking about, bing that. Yeah. <laughs> or, ask, <laughs> or ask Jeeves if you really need to know. Uh, I, um, yeah, I tried to do some reading up to prepare for this show. You know, because again, I didn't, I didn't have it, so I mostly was exp- most of my exposure to what was on HBO was the Channel Guide, right? Yes. You know, it's like, oh look, Time Bandits, 
again. <laughs> yeah. The never-ending yeah. story. Oh, yeah. look, yeah. It's yeah. It's Time um, Bandits followed by Urban Cowboy followed by yeah. Time Bandits and then Urban Cowboy and then yeah. Fraggle but Rock. Then, but then for a while there, uh, definitely always on the channel guide, which was then a, a good reason to stop watching HBO, was that one of their first uh, series, which was First and Ten, Ugh. starring Delta Burke. No. First and Ten, hitting that sports audience, because uh, HBO, you know, was, was hitting the sports thing. It's a show about a woman who inherits a football team, because that's inherently funny, of course. Uh, women and, in the workplace, come on. Yeah, and sports. <laughs> and I guess all the football footage for the first couple seasons was a USFL team in L.A. Nice. For, for those of you who remember USFL. Yeah, I remember um, they they pimped the hell out of that show too. Like that was literally was on all the on. time. Yeah. HBO was that first and 10, Was that first the first original programming show? Yeah, uh, it was. I don't was, think was, any of the cable networks were producing anything. It was goofy that they had their own show. Well, yeah, that was around the early 80s when they started diving into that cuz the other one, this is the one I remember all the time watching was not necessarily, not the, necessarily news, the news. Yep. Uh which started in like 83, which I think was a crib from some British program. Basically, it was it it was the set the precedent for stuff like Daily Show and Colbert and all that stuff, where they would just do stupid, it, funny takes on the news. I I tried to watch the first episode of Not Necessarily the News for this. It, it's tough. And it reminded right? me of the Kentucky Fried Movie a little bit, a little bit, a little times, bit. Yeah, right. Because it's uh, just it's just random shit. Yeah. Uh, one thing that that it di- it was though was the. Uh, the television premiere of Rich Hall's Sniglets. Sniglets, yeah. I've forgotten which, about Sniglets. Uh, Rich Hall made the news not too long ago when the Cheetos people decided that they were going to actually name the dust on, that you get on your fingers from Cheetos and call it Cheetle. And they were <laughs> acting like they came up with it, and people were, were calling them out on Twitter going, um, Rich Hall wrote this in Sniglets in 1983? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. thing. It's that they're... Uh, they're basically just weird words that uh, people would send yeah. in. Neil- Aquadextrous, like, the guy yeah. who can turn the water on the bathtub on and off with his feet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just basically neologisms where people just make shit up. But aquadextrous was a big one. Vacuuming over the same piece of trash over and over again, trying to get the vacuum cleaner to pick it up is car perpetuation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they had some big ones on there. I think one of my favorites, and this was in the first episode, it's the act of checking that a letter's in a mailbox after you've already dropped it in there, and that's <laughs> Premble Memblemation. <laughs> so, yeah. Then that was sort of their, uh, their big uh, first foray into pop culture infamy was the Sniglets. Uh, and then, of course, later 80s, we, we get like Kids in the Hall, which we already did a show on. Uh, and then by early 90s, the sort of the, the fury had died down a little bit on HBO. And so they had to find something new. And that's when they did the Larry Sanders show uh, with Gary Shandling. And that thing, st- I, I still watch it occasionally. And it still makes me laugh because it's the, one of the first forays into that really uncomfortable uh, type of humor that led to stuff like Curb Your Enthusiasm. Because it's literally just a talk show host and meltdown all the time. Johnny Carson was still on the air when that started, I believe. 
And yeah. Shanling had been Carson's guest host, and here he was basically just doing a show about how shitty it is to be John Carson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rip Torn just fucking floors me in that show, because he's just so deadpan all the time. Uh, but yeah, that led to a whole bunch of other stuff uh, down the road, and then like later 90s you get Sex in the City, and then Sopranos, which like becomes prestige TV, and now we've got the modern era, where... HBO punts out this stuff that just everybody has to watch and talk about and blah, 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 blah. If you look at some of these streaming services, each one of them wants to have the next Game of Thrones. Yes. To, to show where mm-hmm. how far things have gone. Well, or even like, uh, like AMC when they got Mad Men. Mad Men was passed over by HBO, and then AMC got it, and then that started AMC's run of kind of gotta go see it television yeah, for yeah. that brief Halt spell and catch fire and the walking dead and mad men etc yeah. etc so that's another another yeah another nod to hbo uh with their dirty little fingers AMC, and every little pie hbo without the swearing or the boobs <laughs> yeah basically oh we're talking about uh, with swearing commercials uh deadwood is the one that i always go back to because that's just that has got some creative swearing and i love watching it just for that a western where I everybody I I loved Deadwood but I can't recommend it to anyone because it ends before it ends you know that was yeah. one of those shows where they didn't get their final season they it just yeah. stopped and you go didn't they make oh, a movie to bitches. wrap it up they did but years later which did is they they made yeah. that yeah I know they but always a few talked years about ago it. like yeah. it's been a long time yeah. between when it ended wow. and when they finished but it's, it but yeah but it's just weird that that one got dropped because HBO is notorious for just sticking to shows just to give the artists their creative run. Uh, like, that's the precedent more often than not, which is why like shows like Deadwood die. And then Rome was another one that got basically the early acts because they couldn't commit to spending that much money on this historical epic for the ratings it was getting. But then you go into something like Game of Thrones where they're just throwing on just a bejesus amount of money uh, and it goes gangbusters. I mean, this is, there's no rhyme or reason to it. They just say, well, yeah. fuck it, we'll do it. Just, yeah, here's a, here's a bag of money. Go make your thing. Have fun. Uh, so it's Everybody just says I need to watch The Wire. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't either. I, I have. hear it's great. It is great, but I'm not going to be like all those people who go, oh, you have to watch The Wire, <laughs> <clears throat> because nobody listens to me. It's basically the best the way wire. to make sure, uh-huh. it's yeah. the best way to make sure that nobody watches The Wire, is to go, oh, you have to watch The Wire. Well, but <laughs> I honestly, I had forgotten about- In the universe, I would say, you have to watch The Wire. <laughs> well, I had forgotten about First and Ten, so I think I'm going to go back and watch that. First and Ten, which starts with Delta Burke and brings on O.J. Simpson and ends with Shannon Tweed in the in the female ooh, ownership ooh, role. Shannon Tweed. Yeah, Shannon that's like... Tweed. That How HBO mind. is that? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like the HBO guide. I'll just end on this. So when you, like, 12, 13, I remember flipping through the HBO guide and the best thing about it was that you would look at all of the descriptions of the movies and you'd look to see where nudity was. <laughs> was involved not like, brief nudity yeah nudity. full on like on. full on nudity uh it's rated r it's got nudity it's on at 3 30 in the morning i'm setting my alarm clock by god that's when you get a vcr <laughs> yeah well yeah in those days you had to stay up so yeah <laughs> whatever we're old get off my lawn so yeah the the dawn of cable hbo is it still worth it no 
You know, HBO Max is actually a pretty decent streaming service. Okay. I guess say. Yeah. It's like everything that was on HBO plus a whole bunch of other stuff. It, well, how, they, how of, many of H- the new ones? They've got the most compelling content, I'd say. I don't, there's still none of the new ones are on the level of Amazon, Netflix, or Hulu, but HBO is is much closer than say Disney Plus well, is. Well, aren't there like 30 HBO channels now? Isn't that where we are? Like there's one know. for there's one for families, there's one for action, there's one in Spanish, there's one for horror, there's one for whatever and ever and ever. You're, you're assuming that I have enough cable to notice how many <laughs> HBOs are. When I, I was don't. when I was looking at the uh, uh, research on this, which is Wikipedia, uh, yeah. they have six. There are six okay. different HBOs running. I believe that is not including HBO Go and HBO Max and all of these. Which is apps. those are just HBO on demand. Is all those which, are? Which is just phenomenal considering where they started. Because, uh, I mean, they were only on for like nine hours a day forever. And then they thought, oh, we need to go 24-7. And then, like, 1979, they said, oh, well, we need a whole other network to show stuff. And they called it Take Two. And that lasted like a year. And then they died. Uh, so they've never been afraid to experiment, which I dig. But at the same time, uh, I'm not paying for it. That's just <laughs> my thing. You know? That's yeah. just me. Yeah. I, I- John Oliver is on YouTube, like always a couple months <laughs> yeah, later, maybe. Exactly. No, it's on like days later. He sh- he, yeah. his, his latest stuff is on YouTube like days after. Like, you I think it's better HBO without an audience. Oliver. I think his COVID show is very good. Okay. Him and Seth Meyers, I think, uh, do better without an audience. Yeah, yeah, they kind of do. Although I do miss the big uh, crazy finales to the John Oliver shows. Yeah. Uh, we, we're definitely lacking there. <laughs> Where they make the world's biggest cake. Yeah. yeah. Well, the well, best of those, by a long shot, if you haven't seen it, is you need to go find the Eat Shit Bob musical. That yeah, that was good. Um, is that the guy, that the, the, the fracking guy? The, well, the yeah, coal so, guy. So yeah. he, got, he got sued for saying Eat Shit Bob on his yeah. show and then basically won the case and rubs it in Bob's face in the most <laughs> over-the-top, amazing, glorious way See, possible. That's how you get subscribers, my God. That's how you get subscribers. <laughs> but this is the, the one final fact that startled me, is apparently the average HBO subscriber is only a subscriber for 18 months. And I thought, 18 <laughs> huh. months? I literally did not that expect long? it would be that long. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, do the 30-day trial and then come back in six months. You know what I mean? It's not worth it, people. It's not worth it. But back in the day, man. Back in the day. I've been subscribing to HBO for quite a while. <laughs> I think also, though, like before uh, digital boxes, uh, you if you decided you didn't want HBO anymore, a guy had to show up and change your cable box. Yeah, because the box right. itself was coded for the channel, so it isn't something you could just flick on and off like a switch. It was a, it was a decision. Yeah. You had to be at home between eight and four on Tuesday. Good Christ, things were so complicated back then. I just want my goddamn movie with all my boobs. Things are things are more complicated now. I work from home. <laughs> and you don't have HBO. God yeah. damn it. If you have AT&T as a cell phone provider, you have HBO. Yeah. But well, anyway. I will say this. I love the fact that uh, 40 years later, Eric is the one that doesn't have HBO, but Brian does. 
That's a win in my book, sir. That is a win in my book. First and 10 is not on HBO Max. I checked. Anyway. You need to write a letter. And neither is not necessarily the news. Well, that's on YouTube. I don't think they want to remember most of that stuff. Yeah. Maybe you could find Arliss. Just do yourself Arliss a favor. Arliss is there. Arliss. <laughs> Let's just start rattling off show names now while we end this fucking thing. But Arliss is or- that show that no one thinks is funny and yet never went away. It's yeah, like there exactly. was somebody who just had a sports heart on behind the scenes who was like, no, let's do more Arliss. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just throw more money at Robert Wool, who's the funniest man alive. Not. So yeah. <laughs> See, now I'm actually checking to make sure Arliss is on this thing. <laughs> yeah. You need uh, to do it and report back. Anyway, I got nothing else to say. I just wanted to talk oh, about HBO. Oh, stand up specials. Quite oh, shit. Damn it. Yeah. This is an ad for HBO. I realize, but <laughs> in the stand up comedy boom of the '80s. That was that was really awesome to turn that on and just see anyone doing stand up. There were yeah. no real names except for George Carlin, or, which yeah, or that that and, that rapey and guy. Ro- and Robin yeah. Williams. Robert, Robert Klein was like your HBO, or Dana Gould was like yeah. your HBO comedy, or or Seinfeld. But yeah, I love the fact that uh, that Carlin got his HBO gigs, and then he actually got to do the seven things you can't say on television. On television. On television. <laughs> yeah. I thought that's yeah. a coup de gras right there. That's the well, coup de Eddie gras. Murphy, Eddie Murphy was uh, an HBO special, I believe. Yeah. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have Comedy Central today without HBO because they literally started the comedy channel with their back catalog of stand-up shows. And mm. then eventually the Ha Channel and, and Comedy Channel combined to form Comedy Central, which we still have today. So thank you again, HBO. Thank yeah, you. There are seven seasons of Arliss on HBO Max. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. But Ooh. no first in ten. That's that's a travesty. How about, how about Dream On? That show everyone says they oh, like, but they did not. Nobody likes it. If there's a everybody ah. says they thought, oh that show is so funny. I think maybe normals say this. You know, that show is so funny. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's about a guy who who when he was a kid watched too much TV and so in the middle of a conversation he'll have a flashback to some movie he saw as a kid. And I'm like, they do that joke like maybe once yeah. an episode and yeah. it's so jarring you go, oh yeah, that's right. That's the conceit of this show that they ignored. That's what we do on the Magnificently Huge <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> yeah, really. Dream On uh, is not on HBO Max. Yeah, I mean, might I just know. end with cock. Thank you. Okay. And if you want to say cock, uh, go to our Twitter. (laughs) We are at MegHuge. Please don't, actually. Please do not tweet cock at MegHuge. Yes. No. Email all the pictures of your penis directly to Brian. uh, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tell us how much you love sex in the city. Yep. So uh, why can, we should watch the wire? You can go on our Instagram where you will not find any of that. Um, <laughs> or we have a Facebook page. Or go to our web- website, maghuge.com. And uh, check out all of our other episodes where we don't say cock 40 times. Yeah. Um, it's a new but, record. But a new most record. of all, share the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast. We're, we could use the viewers if yeah. you want. So come on, folks. And, and stay tuned for our mobile app, Wanger. <laughs> <laughs> and just remember, this podcast will only be shown at night. Yeah. Cock. <laughs> <laughs>
damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>